You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's gracious help right here in Ramat Shemesh Israel 57-68-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayakel. For the most part, this week's Parsha speaks about the construction, the actual piecing together of the Mishkan, the sanctuary, each of its parts, each of the different kalim, the utensils that were used inside of the, base, inside of the Mishkan, I'm sorry. And that's the main thing that this, this Parsha deals with. Now the enigmatic point that strikes us right away at the beginning of the Parsha is the fact that it does not begin with the actual construction of the Mishkan, but rather it begins with a commandment which we've already come across previously, and that is the commandment to keep Shabbos. Now, the reason it's so enigmatic is because what, does the, what is the connection between Shabbos, keeping Shabbos, and the building of the Mishkan? So Rashi right away tells us something which is very important, it's fundamental to Shabbos, and that is that the reason that the Torah commanded us to keep Shabbos right here in conjunction, in contradistinction to the Meleches HaMishkan, the construction of the Mishkan, is to teach us that although this construction of the sanctuary is of paramount importance, nevertheless, every single act that was done to construct the Mishkan, every single act was forbidden on Shabbos. In fact, not only is it true that anything that was done for the Mishkan was forbidden on Shabbos, but that is the basis for every single Iser. Every single thing that's forbidden on Shabbos is based on the Malachis HaMishkan, is based on the 39 activities, creative activities that were done in the Mishkan. Now this is a tremendously fundamental idea because we need to destroy our preconceived notions about Malacha on Shabbos. People think, oh, we're not allowed to work on Shabbos. Shabbos is a day of rest. We can't be involved in our business activities, which is true. We can't be involved with doing things that are work. That's not precisely true. The things that we're not allowed to do have nothing to do with work. They have only to do with construction. They have only to do with creation, creative activities. It is no work to take a match and light it. That is, no, that is not difficult at all. It's not work. The Torah doesn't prohibit actual work. If you want to go and you want to move around your, your heavy furniture... So it might be a problem because you might start sweating, which we're not allowed to do on Shabbos. However, the actual moving of the furniture is not, even though it's difficult work, it's not prohibited on Shabbos. Because the prohibitions on Shabbos really have nothing to do with actual physical manual labor, but rather have to do with conscious creative acts. Creative acts. Anything that was in the Mishkan was a creative act. Anything that was done to create the structure of the Mishkan, that was what was prohibited on Shabbos. And that's the basis of all of the laws of Shabbos that we keep to this day have to do with the things that were done in the Mishkan. Now this needs explanation. Obviously, this needs a tremendous amount of explanation. The, one of the ways that I would put it is as follows. We know that Shabbos is an idea of Malchus. When I say Malchus, Malchus means bringing Hashem's kingship into the world. Whenever we do anything, any mitzvah in a certain sense, any time that we do something which Hashem has commanded us, we're bringing Hashem's presence into the world. That's an idea of Malchus. Malchus is when we do something to bring Hashem's presence into the world. Now Shabbos is called Malchus. It's the seventh day of the week. The number seven always represents Malchus. As we mentioned in a previous po- podcast in a slightly different context, so we have the Pasuk, L'cha Hashem HaGedulah So we mentioned that the sixth one of those things, the sixth level is Kol, which represents Hashem, His Hashkacha Pratis, Hashem's divine providence and His involvement at every level in our lives. Now the seventh level is Aretz, which we also mentioned then. Aretz is our ability to bring Hashem down into this world and show His 
divine providence and also to show that he is here. How do we do that? One of the ways that we do that is by doing the mitzvot, keeping the commandments, doing that which Hashem says, lowering our ego and totally committing ourselves to God and to spirituality. This is Malchus. It's called Malchus because this is how we bring Hashem's kingship into the world. This is how we show that Hashem is in charge. He is the ruler over this lowly world. We show that whenever we do mitzvahs, whenever we do what we're supposed to do. That's what the number seven represents. And the seventh day of the week is Shabbos. And Shabbos is that special day when we show Hashem's machos, we show Hashem's kingship, we stop everything else, we don't do anything except focus on spirituality. Now, with that explanation, that leaves us with a tremendous problem. And the problem is like this, because the Mishkan itself, the construction of the Mishkan, the whole idea, the whole concept of the Mishkan, is also Shekhinah. The Mishkan was the place where the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, resided. It was the it was the place, when you create this place, this sanctuary, that's how that's the vehicle through which Hashem appears in the world. If that's the case, then the Mishkan and Shabbos would seem to serve the same purpose. Why is it that on Shabbos we do not do anything that was involved in, in creating the Mishkan? Why is it that every single thing that we do on Shabbos is refraining from that which was done to create the Mishkan? If anything, it should be the opposite. The whole point of the Mishkan and the point of Shabbos is Be'etzem, in, in essence, the same exact point, to bring the Shekhinah into the world. Why is it that Shabbos we don't do anything that was done in the Mishkan? Now, as a first step in answering this question, I'd like to share with you a very profound and deep idea that I heard from Rabbi Kiva Tatz. I'm going to try my best to expand a little bit upon the idea and try to bring it out and, and say it. It's, it's mamish, a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful concept, and it's very fundamental. The idea here is as follows. When Hashem is about to take the Jews out of Egypt, the first commandment that He gives to the entire Jewish nation as a, as a whole he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, he says to Aaron, he says, They look up, Hashem shows them the moon, the new moon, and He says to them, This moon, this month, this lunar month is yours. It belongs to you, the people of Israel. You, the people of Israel, will count your calendars based on this moon. Your existence will follow constantly the waxing and waning of the moon. The moon begins at the beginning of the month. It begins as a small sliver. And then by the middle of the month, it's a full moon. And by the end of the month, it's gone back to a small sliver again. That cycle, the moon, the cycle of the moon, represents the people of Israel in a certain sense. We're going to see more how very soon. Our sages tell us that the moon, besides representing the people of Israel, represents again this idea of malchus, represents the idea of reflecting spirituality. Because as we know, the, the moon itself has no light of its own. All of the light of the moon is, ref is a reflection of the light of the sun. So in a certain sense, the sun represents the spiritual worlds, that brightness, the brightness of Hashem, the brightness of all of the spiritual worlds. And the moon represents the capacity of this world, this world's capacity to reflect that spiritual light. Thus, whenever the world is reflecting that spirituality, the moon, in a, so to speak, is full. And whenever the world is not re reflecting that spirituality, the moon is not full. It's waxing and waning. And the fact that the moon waxes and wanes represents the fact 
that there's a constant cycle that's going on where the world is going from a state of reflection to a state of lack of reflection. Because there are times, as we know, where we're up and there are times where we're down. There's the, there are times when the people of Israel is doing their job and they're reflecting that which is supposed to be done. They're reflecting the spiritual worlds and there are times that we, we unfortunately get to a low level. Interestingly, as a side note, the Gemara in Sukkah says that when there's an eclipse of the moon, an eclipse actually just happened this past week, when there's an eclipse of the moon, it, it's a bad sign for the people of Israel. And now on the surface, it seems like, what's the, how do we understand that? It's all set up in the Teva, it's all set up in nature. God set it up that there would be an eclipse when the moon gets, when the sun is in the way, when, I'm sorry, when the earth is in the way of the sun's light, so, so the moon is eclipsed. How do we understand that? But the idea behind it is that when we're not doing our job properly, so the full moon, which represents the fact that we're, we are doing what we're supposed to do, we are reflecting the spiritual worlds, that full moon becomes blocked. When the full moon becomes blocked, it means we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. When we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, this is a very bad sign. Of course, the Gemara also mentions that if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, so we have no need to fear from bad signs. We have no need to fear from the signs of the heavens, because when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, Hashem picks us up, picks up the people of Israel above the signs of the heavens, and, and we are higher than that. So now let's come back to the idea that we're saying, and that is that the moon represents the reflection of the spiritual worlds. When we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, that's the reflection. We're reflecting that spiritual world. That's what the moon represents as well. This idea is why the festivals occur on what day of the month? They almost always occur on the 15th day of the month. We know Purim falls out on Yudalit in Yerushalayim. It's on Tesvav. It's on the 15th day of the month. We know the Pesach is on the 15th day of the month. Sukkot is on the 15th day of the month. The 15th day of the month, what happens on that day of the month? That's when the moon is full. That's when we begin to see the full spiritual world. That is what we take to the, to the end of the month. We try to draw that spiritual fullness, that reflection. We try to draw it with us even when as the moon is waning, the moon is getting small, smaller. We try to bring that spirituality with us. We try to bring it so that we're constantly reflecting. Now this brings us to a very interesting idea. And that is that we know, we say every single month in Kiddush Levana, at the beginning of the month, after the new moon, a few days later, so we say a special prayer where we look up at the new moon and we acknowledge the fact that Hashem is with us, Hashem has given us this mitzvah, this commandment to count our years based on the new moon. So we acknowledge the fact that Hashem is with us and Hashem has commanded us this. And one of the things that we say is that we're waiting for that day, we're waiting for Mashiach when Hashem will return. And then the moon will return to its previous glory as it was during the six days of Bracious, the six days of creation, when it was always full. Which is an unbelievable idea, which means that when Mashiach comes, the moon will always be full. It will not wax and wane any longer. This needs explanation. What is the pshat? What is the explanation? Why is it that the moon will always be full when Mashiach comes in, in Olam Haba, in the future days, in the future world? Why is that true? And the answer, of course, is based on that which we've said until now, that in the future world when Mashiach comes, we will have no more Yetzirah, we will have no more evil inclination, we will have no more desire to cheat anyone, to do things that we're not supposed to do, to see things we're not supposed to see. All of our desires will be directed in one direction, and that is completely and only for Hashem's will to come close to Hashem to be engaged in spiritual activities. That being the case, Mashiach is a time when this world will completely reflect the light of the spiritual world, worlds above. That being the case, the moon itself will always be full. It won't wax and wane because we'll no longer be undergoing the cycles that we go through now where sometimes we're more spiritual and sometimes we fall and sometimes we pick ourselves up again. It won't be like that anymore. When Mashiach comes, Hashem, the world will be full, full of His glory and full of His knowledge and all we'll want to do all day long is serve Hashem.
So that time is going to be a reflection. This, the physical world will, will completely reflect the spiritual world. Whereas now, it's only sometimes reflecting and sometimes it's not. We go in and out in cycles. If we could summarize this and say it very succinctly, we could say it like this. There are two different ways that we can represent and show Malchus. Malchus is the idea that we show Hashem's kingship in the world. There are two ways that we can do that. One is through this cyclic motion of the moon going in and out. That's one type. That's how we are right now. And the other way is where the moon is completely full. Where we're, we're expressing Hashem's Malchus, His kingship in the world, Completely with no breaks. Hashem is always there. You always see that Hashem is being reflected in this world. That's how it will be when Mashiach comes. Said in a slightly different way, the Malchus, the reflection, the spiritual reflection that we'll have in the days of Mashiach is a passive, completely passive action. We've already done whatever we're going to do. There's no more action. There's no more movement. Whatever it is, is as it is. And there's a static reflection. That's how it is. It's, there's no movement. Whereas in this world, before Mashiach's times, the way that we're reflecting is with movement. There's constantly action. It's not a static state of constant reflection, but rather there's movement, there's in and out, there's ups and downs, there's constant change. Let's come back now to the Mishkan and to Shabbos. Because our original question was that it would seem on the surface that both the Mishkan, the sanctuary, the purpose was to bring down the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence into the world. And that's also the purpose of Shabbos. Shabbos is a day when we completely reflect that Divine Light. But I think that now you see that there's two different types of reflection. There's the type of reflection which is Moshiach, Olam Haba, the future reflection, which is a constant reflection, which is no work. It's just static. That's the reflection of Shabbos. Shabbos is, is a state of no motion. We're done. We've completed everything that we need to complete. All of our food is ready. Whoever is prepared from before Shabbos, so he can eat on Shabbos. If you haven't made any food from before Shabbos and you want something hot to eat, you want some good cholent, you can't get it anymore. It's too late. It's all done. Whatever you've, whatever you've done before, you've completed. Shabbos is that day of rest. There's no more motion. Whereas the Mishkan, the preparation of the Mishkan, the, the Malchus, this reflection, the spiritual reflection of the Mishkan represents the constant action, the constant change, the constant movement. That's only for the t six days of the week. That's only for the six days of creation, the 6,000 years before Om Haba. That's the movement where we're getting to that final stage. But the final stage is represented by Shabbos. On Shabbos, we can't do any actions that have to do with the Mishkan because the Mishkan is, is representing the actions that we do in the world of Asiya, in the world of action, the things that lead us to that final state of static. We're forever reflecting. Whatever we've made ourselves into by the time Mashiach comes, by the time the Olam Haba comes, the future world, that's what we are, that's what we reflect forever. But now we're in a state of Mishkan, of constant change, of constant movement, we have the ability to build and build and build. But Shabbos comes and we have to stop building. And it's important that we realize that what's the message of this? Every single week we have a Shabbos. Every single week we have to stop our creativity. We have to stop our movement. And we have to remind ourselves that there's going to be a time when we have no more opportunity to be creative. We have no more opportunity to rise. Whatever we have done for ourselves, we have done for ourselves. Whatever we've created, we've created. 
That's the end. That's what Mashiach is. That's what the time of Olam Haba is. That's what Shabbos represents. That's why we say Shabbos is Me'ein Olam Haba. It's a time which reminds us about Olam Haba when there's no more activity. There's no more movement. There's no more, you are what you are. Forever. You are, whatever connection you've made with Hashem, whatever spirituality you've gotten, you have gotten. And that's it. This is why Chazal tell us in Pirkei Avos that one moment in this world is greater than all of the time of Olam Haba. In a certain sense, all of the time of the future world, of that time when we're only enjoying the Ziv Hashchina, the Divine Presence, that time, once you get there, there's no more movement. Right now, you have to take every opportunity that you have. You can learn a word of Torah, you can hear a daily Dvar, you can hear a weekly Parsha podcast. Grab every moment. Grab everything that you can. Spirituality, you only have one chance to do that. That's in this world, that's in this life. Once you get to the future world, there's no more movement. That's what Shabbos has to remind us. That's what we have to think about every single Shabbos. No more creation. Shabbos is the day that reminds us that we will one day get to that time. And we have to take the opportunities that we have right now to grow in spirituality, to connect to Hashem. Because whatever we create here is what we have forever. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Shabbos.